Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jonathan All. A total of 113 films will be in the spotlight during the 19th annual Whitaker St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase, which gets underway Friday and continues through July 21st. Ranging from narrative and experimental shorts to feature-length documentaries, this year's lineup also includes a documentary short directed by 14-year-old Joshua Kelly. It's titled A Look Ahead, Our Energy Future in 20 Years. Joshua joins me in studio alongside with Chris Clark, who's the artistic director of the nonprofit Cinema St. Louis, which is presenting the festival. Chris and Joshua, thanks for joining us today. Good Thank to be you. here. Uh, Chris, let me start with you. So 19 years, that you've been here the whole time, uh, quite uh, a history. What is new and different about the way that this festival has evolved over time and, and that, that people who've been going for a long time might see different and changing about it? Uh, this is the 19th year of the showcase. Uh, we've produced 18 of those 19 years, and uh, technology is one thing that's changed mightily. We used to project things from DVDs and VHS tapes. Now everything is, is digital. Uh, the number of submissions entered this year were the bigger than ever, 151 submissions from which we selected these 113 films. Uh, the, there's often the same people that we work with, you know, almost every year who are professional filmmakers, but every year more than half are brand new people to the table, like, like Joshua. Um, so it's great to see new voices, um, a lot more. I think there's, I don't have an exact count, but I think there's more women filmmakers participating in this event than ever. Over the past couple of years, there's been a big increase in uh, people of color and um, from all over the region. And we also include expatriates who escape our shores of the Mississippi to work elsewhere. So it's always exciting to see new um, new voices and new talent and new people and new directions. And, you know, a whole bunch of filmmakers uh, are brand new. That, that This is their first film. So it's a very exciting time for them to present their film in an event like this. I'd love your take on the state of filmmaking right now, because on the one hand, it feels like the number of production companies is shrinking and that the box offices are dominated by just a couple of, of and even the documentary world seems to be dominated by a small number of people. But on the other hand, with uh, internet distribution and with the price going down on editing software and being able to shoot stuff, it's easier to make a movie now than it ever has before. So it kind of seems like an interesting dichotomy. I'm wondering your take on the state of filmmaking right now. Yeah, uh, like you just said, the um, you know people had to work with film or expensive tape formats um, in in the ancient years. Ten years ago, um, it was prohibitive for anyone to do it. But now with the advances in digital technology, people can also, you know, make a, a movie with their with their phones. Doesn't mean that they should, um, <laughs> but it's possible. And um, anyone with any budget can can make a film. You know, what I'm looking for is have they told a good story that other people are interested in. But anyone on any budget can make something. And that's the great equivocator that that's where a lot of these new voices and, and new directions are coming from. Do you think the quality has been improving over the 19 years? Uh, I think so. People are telling uh, better stories, and with a, a deeper pool of participants, there's lots of different thought processes that, that go into it and, and more types of stories. It's not all gangster things or the same you know, squadron of, of 20-something white boys who make the same films over and over again with gangsters and zombies and stuff. Now there's all kinds of stories from all directions and all walks of life all over the region. So it's, it's more indicative of you know, where we live. One of those stories is a look at what uh, energy consumption is going to be like in 20 years uh, and what local companies are doing about that. And that was done not through the lens of a seasoned filmmaker, not even 
through the lens of someone who can legally drive a car yet, but through 14-year-old uh, Joshua, who's here. Uh, Joshua, where did the idea for you to do this documentary come to you? Well, when I was much younger, I had heard about it, and it really piqued my interest. I was really interested. But I had never been given an opportunity to really explore. But then when I was finishing eighth grade, at my school, the Waldorf School of St. Louis, we were asked to write in-depth paper on something that was important to us, and so from along with an artistic component. And so from that, I was able to make a documentary, which I had really wanted to do since I had wanted to get into film and television. So what w- was the, the topic first, or was the medium first, in, or did they come together? They, really, they came together. Uh, I wanted to make a documentary, and then I thought, hey, wait a minute. I've been really interested in, in renewable energy. And so I just put the two of them together and decided to make a documentary on that. In your documentary, you talk with industry leaders, you talk with activists, um, you, you talk with a, a, a number of different people. Was it a challenge to get them to take you seriously that, you know, I'm 14, but I want, uh, I want to do an interview with you? Because I, the, sometimes, you know, we're professional journalists. Some of us have been doing this for 20 years, and sometimes it's hard for us to get people to do interviews with us. What was your experience like? It was very hard because, well, it cost me my spring break. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because the only time that I, these people were working professionals, and the only time I could get them to sit down and talk with me was during the week. And after loads and loads of emails and phone calls, I was finally able to get them, these five people, during the break. And that was the only time. But it was so worth it. It was amazing to talk with them. In your documentary, you profile um, uh, some things that Ameren's doing, some things that uh, Missouri American Water's doing, a local company that's involved in, in, in making the things for more green energy. Um, did you, were you surprised of what you found was going on right here in those terms? I, I was, I didn't, since before when I was doing research, I learned that, and also from one of the interviews, that Missouri is powered 81% by coal, which is a terrible fossil, which is a fossil fuel that, um, that releases bad toxins into the air. And then when I heard from Amarin's, especially Amarin, that they're really help, they're really making an effort to make it better. They tore down their O'Fallon plant and completely replaced it with the solar plant, about over 18,000 solar panels. And it was really nice to see that they were also helping other businesses like Missouri American Water. A big reason that Missouri American Water decided to put in solar panels was because of Ameren's rebate plan. And so not only was Ameren helping itself, it was helping other businesses too. Let's hear a, a little bit of, uh, of the documentary that Joshua did. It's clear the direction of our energy future is being fought mostly in Washington. But it's not really the politicians doing the fighting. Their goals are based on representing their constituents, money, or re-election. This contest is really between two competing industries, one group trying to grow and the other trying to stay. Any artistic endeavor, one of the things that is always looked for is somebody who has a point of view, and you clearly have a point of view. Um, did, did, uh, how, 
how does it feel to use this medium of documentary film to try to get that point of view across? Well, what exactly point of view? Well, I mean, I think that that you in in watching the documentary, clearly you think mm-hmm. there's a major problem, yes. and that there's some work to go to fix it, but not enough. And and that that seems to be a very distinct point of view, especially mm-hmm. for someone who's fourteen. Yes, there. Um, yes, there is a problem, and it does need fixing, but there is actually effort being done. As I said before, Amr is putting in effort. And also in, in later research that I made, in April of this year, renewable energy was able to output more energy than coal for the first time. And this is not just Missouri, it's everywhere. And so it, it re- we really are moving forward and it really is good. Who is your audience and who do you who do you hope what do you hope those people will get out of watching your documentary? I believe that my audience is to really almost to anyone that it may just spark an interest or inspiration that they may want to maybe change a little something maybe put a little more effort in this and but I, I think it, even though I did make the documentary, things have actually already been happening. It has been brought to the attention since the World Health Organization estimates that over 4 million people a year die from causes directly related to pollution. And so 4 million people, that's the entire population of the eastern half of Missouri. So in one year, they're all gone. And that has really been brought to many to to the attention of many people, and so the effort is being made, and it's really good, and it does make me happy. I'm really interested in some of the nuts and bolts of this. Like, did you have a specific budget for this film, and and <laughs> where does a 14 year old get the money <laughs> to bankroll a documentary project? Well, uh, it didn't really take much, just besides our effort. Mm-hmm. When you say our, who, who... Oh, so yeah, the people... I couldn't have really done it without three people. Uh, my dad, my brother Lucas, and our good friend Bob Clark. Now, my brother Lucas, bless him, uh, <laughs> he is 12 years old, and I would say that probably one of the best sound people here in St. Louis, he did all of the sound. It was all him. What, uh, let's get his resume, guys, back there. If we got a sound guy, I know there's child labor <laughs> laws, but let's try. Anyway, go on, Joshua. Well, yeah, I really couldn't have done it. With, and even though it was a lot of work and he could have just said, I don't want to do this. This is way beyond me. He stuck with me all the way. And I and I really, I love him for that. Now, the, the, the 20, it was 20 some odd minutes, I think. That's mm-hmm. a little bit long for what, people tend to think is a short yeah. film and it's a little bit short for a documentary. So did you just kind of organically try to make it as long as you wanted it to be? It was kind of funny because originally we were shooting for about eight to 10 minutes because we had no idea how long the people that we were interviewing would want to sit down and talk with us. Maybe it'd be five minutes, 10 minutes. And so we really didn't know how much we were going to get out of them. And it ended up being around 20 minutes because each interview took around 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. And I was really surprised that they 
they were able to sit down and talk with a nervous wreck of a 14-year-old. <laughs> if this is a nervous wreck, I, I think uh, I think you're doing just fine. Don't <laughs> well, worry thank about you. it. Um, so, Chris, does Cinema St. Louis have specific efforts around supporting young local filmmakers like Joshua? Um, no, you know, no forward specific program, mm-hmm. but I always like to see um, a variety of, of ages um, submitting to this event. Um, and, you know, for full disclosure, I went to college with Josh's dad, um, who owns a production company. That's why they sure. have a lot of stuff. And so I was going to be really embarrassed if I didn't like this 20, which is long, a 20 minute documentary by a well-meaning eighth grader. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be rocky. But I was so very surprised and glad to be wrong that it was such a pristine and well-made production, you know, uh, where it, you know, if it was just made by any other eighth grader, it might've been well-meaning, but, you know, not, mm-hmm. not proficient enough and not eligible for, for the event. Uh, so it's great. We've had uh, participants as, as young as fourth graders who made a film about manners from some city public school a number of years ago. So that's always great. Um, we, we're focusing a lot on Joshua's work here, but what, what else are the other surprises? Now, with 113 films, it might be difficult to pick, you know, a favorite or, uh, you know, something that's really notable. But what other films that will be in the festival you think may be something that's different? That that uh, that was a surprise and is something that you really like to see. Uh, another first-time filmmaker is a documentary called "Road to the Pros" uh, about the local boxing scene, and we'll be talking about that one tomorrow. Oh yeah, Earl. Earl is a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. I haven't met him yet, but um, it turns out that even though I don't know him, um, I've been to a lot of. I was on city swim team when I was a kid, so I've been to a bunch of those gyms before, and he and I actually know a lot of the same people. Um, so there, you know, because at St. Louis, there's always connections. Uh, back and forth, and it was a really uh, well-made and informative look at the at the boxing scene. Um, there are, you know, lots of films by women this year, uh, lots of film by people of color, and lots of films by people of all ages. Um, another uh, woman who is, um, I don't know how old she is, but maybe in her 60s, she made her first film. is a documentary about her car, which is a, a 1969 Comet, which is in countless films made in St. Louis over time and probably seven films that are in that's in the event this summer because people love this car and use it in shoots all the time. So she is beyond excited to have this film and she just actually won a telly award for a shorter version of the film a couple of months ago. So a lot of people are just so excited to be have their work shown on the big screen and hang out with the big kids and uh, you know a lot of the half the participants have done it before but a lot of them are new. So it's always very exciting. Even the most ardent fan is not going to be able to see all 113 of them. So uh, what advice would you get to someone uh, to try to figure out, uh, of all of these films that are going to be shown over the, the, the length of the festival, how do you decide which ones to see? Uh, certain are uh, uh, the narrative shorts are, are sort of pushed into uh, like categories, like there's two horror film programs or several dramatic shorts programs and, you know, things that you might like, that's the easiest way to start an experimental shorts program. If that's your thing, you know, look for that. Um, so, you know, just pour over uh, the website and none of these films have big, huge stars. You know, there's no, uh, you know, so Catherine Zeta-Jones or, uh, you know, George Clooney are not in any of these films. So you might not recognize talent on that way, but since it is St. Louis, you might know somebody involved in some production or a friend's child or, you know, a cousin is a cinematographer. So there's always a connectivity. That's another way that people will go to things. Uh, Just subjects that you like. Um, But I want to say that if you took a chance randomly on any single program, any attendee 
would be just super impressed at the level of quality of of these films. When you think local films or student films, you might think, oh, you know, they might be kind of kind of rocky or kind of cheesy, but they are not. And that's why these 113 films were picked because I think they could stand toe to toe with any film or any filmmaker anywhere. It seems like uh, there maybe it's easier or more accessible to do something that's documentary or nonfiction or something that is uh, real and, and instead of writing a script and doing something that's fiction for someone's first uh, uh, entree into filmmaking. But what what are the, the, the fiction films like in terms of quality and depth that, that you have in the festival? There are an insane number of super talented technicians, uh, the cinematographers and the sound people. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, the story is a separate part, and that's what I look for the most. But these films look great. Uh, they're, the sound is good. The pictures are good. So there's a lot of really professional, talented people working on these stories. And, yes, of course, it would be easier to, to do yeah. a documentary. But the people that have made these, these fiction films, you know, have really done some well-crafted and the script writing side and the acting of those are, are, are I look are at I look at you those. know a, a, a checklist of marks that I want people to hit for something that I'm interested in and you know there's a lot lot of great stuff out there Joshua back to you so what's next for you I mean I'm I'm, I'm going to guess this is not your last film project You guessed right it is not my <laughs> last film project but at least I know I don't want it to be I had don't have anything in mind yet but I know I do want to do something in the future is this something that you want to do as a profession, do you think? It is growing as my as one of my interests since I'm currently lacking as to the question, what do I want to be when I grow up or what do I want to do? Joshua, I'm 45. I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> so don't feel like you have to answer that to anybody, especially on the radio. <laughs> no, but, uh, but I do enjoy this, this line of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, 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 why? What, what about it charged you up? Well, I suppose it's because I see my I my dad is in this line of work, and so I want to grow up to be like him or do his do his kind of work. And of course, I'm a big Marvel fan. Watch a lot of movies and seeing all them, and it's just like inspiration. I do, and I do want to see that. And I want to do that stuff. Do you have any general topics that you might want to take on for your, uh, for for something in the future? Like genres? Yeah, or I, 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 genres or ideas or you know, the next film series is only a, a year away. <laughs> well, um, so I I've done a documentary, and I think next I would like to be in a short film or short movie, and or in a play. I attempted to audition to with at Shakespeare in the Park. Um, obviously, I didn't get in. But just to explore, explore this, this, this world of film and television. Um, I'm one of those people that likes to watch things. I watch the credits. I always stay in at the mm-hmm. very end. And uh, I noticed at the very end of yours, uh, your dedication of, uh, uh, of your documentary was for Mama. Can you mm-hmm. tell us about that? Well, first of all, I love my mom. <laughs> and yeah, and I was just I was thinking about her through through most of it because, you know, she she gave birth to me and she cared for me. She loves me very deeply. And I just wanted to give a little something back. 
all, show all my hard work was for her. I can only imagine how much she's smiling right now. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about, if people want more information about where to go and how to get to the festival, where, where can they find that? Uh, the event this year will be held on the campus of Washington University in Brown Hall, uh, which is on Forsyth uh, near Skinker. Um, brand new construction all around, but we'll have a big, huge sign on the side. Um, the entire schedule is on our website at cinemastlouis.org. Just look for the St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase um, on the drop-down menu from the events. Um, tickets are on sale uh, for all shows and uh, selling briskly. So if there's something people want to see, they should scurry to their keyboards and, and get there. But plenty of tickets will also be available at the, at the venue. I want to thank both of you for being here today. Chris Clark, Artistic Director for Cinema St. Louis, and Joshua Kelly, a filmmaker whose short documentary is one of 113 films in the spotlight at this year's festival. Both of you, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, John. Thank you very much for having us. This is St. Louis on the Air on KWMU 90.7. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.